You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today, let's take a look at Arkansas's rushing attack. This is going to be something that I think most people are interested in. I think when you break it down pound for pound, this is where Arkansas is going to get most of their bread and butter and get Texas A&M's defense low to those same standards. Before we begin, make sure you're listening to the Locked On SEC podcast for your daily dose of SEC football with host Chris Gordy. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams, including the likes of Texas A&M, Alabama, Ole Miss, and much, much more. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, if you love this podcast, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 main related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So before I go any further, it was announced late last night that Texas A&M's 2022 schedule has officially been released. So let's go ahead and break that down. What games I really like, what games I kind of hate, where I kind of sit on all these different areas. So start off the season against FCS national champions from 2021, Sam Houston State at home on September 3rd. On September 10th, they play Appalachian State. Again, everyone knows the Appalachian State story. They are a really good team in the Sun Belt, not going to deny it. Then at home, they have the Home v. Home series for the next two years, uh, one this year and one in 2023 against Miami. They will host them on the 17th. On the 24th, once again, week four, this exact same weekend, just one day one day earlier, I guess it would be, Arkansas inside of AT&T Stadium. I believe that that means that there's only two games left after that. Then they go travel for their first real road game uh, on October 1st to Mississippi State. Then they go play Alabama in Bryant-Denny Stadium on October 8th. They get the bye early this year, not in the same weekend as Halloween. They instead get it on, sorry about that, um, on October 15th. They then travel to Columbia, South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks. Then they return home to face Ole Miss on the 29th. They then will play Florida at home. They then will travel to Auburn on um, November 12th, come back home, face off against UMass, and then close out the year on Thanksgiving weekend against LSU. What game do I really like? What game do I think is a really good spot? Um, It depends on what I see from the regression of how many players leave Ole Miss this year, but I think playing Ole Miss right before Florida is a really good testament to see where these two teams sit. Is Ole Miss a one-year wonder with Matt Corral just really being able to take those next steps? Or are they going to be able to continue to recruit underneath Lane Kiffin? Are they going to continue to be able to make good plays, continue drives, build this offense in his image with Jeff Levy? Again, those are all questions that I have because we know that Florida, as long as Dan Mullen is there, is going to be a testament and a challenging team. So those are things that I like. I also like that you kind of have a good necessity game to start the year off with Miami. You're not playing them before SEC play, but you're also getting that game kind of middle of the season, like you saw with Colorado. You get that warm-up game against Sam Houston State. I think Appalachian State, depending on how they recruit, is still going to be one of the better teams in in the Sun Belt for a while. So that kind of sets the tone. And then Miami, 
I have no idea what direction Miami is going in. Will Manny Diaz even be there next year? Are they going to go try and get Mario Cristobal, a guy who can probably work in the SEC, which means he definitely can work in the ACC? Are they going to be able to find the right quarterback with now Derek King leaving next year? Those are a lot of questions. But again, Miami historically is a good team. And when Miami is good in college football, college football is better. So that's another thing that I kind of like. Games that I don't like. Uh, I never like when you have to have a bunch of back-to-back-to-back road trips. It's four straight weeks of bye weeks, or three straight weeks of bye week, uh, of, of road trips away from College Station. Mississippi State, Alabama, bye week, which again, I guess is a you know a week away from College Station, and then South Carolina. You have a lot of home games. I think you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven home games. But again, you have four in a row weeks where you're not playing. Five in a row weeks, almost a month away from Kyle Field. Just remember that. Arkansas is played in Arlington, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, and a bye week. You have five games away from College Station. Those are things that can be effective. And especially with a team that's going to be replacing a lot of talent defensively, you need them to be good at home. You need them to be good at home, but you want them to be a good road team. A&M so far this year, because they're averaging 5.7 points allowed defensively, have been a good road team or away from Kyle Field team. Let's see how they look next season when they're replacing all this talent. Before we continue, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Price Picks. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? It's the daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will too. Price Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer exactly what you want for in prop bets more than anyone else in the world. Plus, they offer you everything that you can imagine from yards to touchdowns to interceptions thrown. So if you believe, say, Zach Calzada is going to throw five interceptions this week, they have that bet for you. If you believe that KJ Jefferson is going to struggle as a rusher, guess what? That stat is also available. All users deposit their own money and they can get a 100% welcome bonus back when you match up to $100 worth. All you got to do is pick two to five players in the over-under projections and you can win up to 10 times the amount of money that you have. Prize picks is safe and can be done in under 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app or store and download the app today. Prize picks, your daily fantasy made easy. You know what I hate? Spending money on things that I don't need. And one of the biggest places I do that is when I go to the auto store. Because I always get to pay an installment fee, a shipping fee, a handling fee, and all that much, much more. Why can't I just save money on things that I know how to install myself at a fraction of the price? Now I can do that when I use rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the last 25 years. They have everything from engine modules to tail lamps to brake pads and much, much more. I even was able to find a brand new tail light for my Audi Q5 by just going to RockAuto.com, tapping in the year, the model, the make, and finding out the low, low price. Go visit RockAuto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com, it's the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Let's go ahead and talk about Arkansas Rush. This is going to be the one area where they can win this game. I really think that. Not only does this game always have stipulations and implications that go along with rivalries, not only does this have the implications that go along with everything else that kind of goes into this because we've known how this game, the possessional targets go, all that and much, much more. But the overall feel of this game is Texas A&M has been dominant defensively. And that's just the case that they've been with Mike Elko for a very long time. But every year, it feels like this game is too close for comfort. 
Maybe that's because of this is played in a neutral site. Maybe it's because of this game is played away from Kyle Field or, uh, you know, Donald's, uh, Donald Reynolds Stadium in Fayetteville. But the rushing attack right now for Arkansas has been its bread and butter. Against Texas, they were able to put up a 333-yard performance for touchdown day. And guess what? The strength right now of Texas seems to be its defense. Their secondary is pretty good, but the defensive line in the front seven had a really good day against Rice. They had a really good day against um, Louisiana, but they struggled against SEC play. Now, again, I don't know if it's because of Big 12 versus SEC materialistic kind of stuff. I don't go into that. What I do know is a 330-yard day is a very impressive outing, no matter who you play against, whether it be a Big 12 team, a Pac-12 team, or anything along the lines of that. But when I look at, you know, Texas A&M, their secondary is the strong suit. Their overall defense is still pretty damn good. But keep in mind, they've allowed two games of over 150 rushing yards, 220 coming to Kent State, and also another, I think it was 100 and, 125, 135 against Colorado. And then 89 yards against New Mexico, which seems very little, and it should seem very little. But 89 was the highest number of the Lobos' def- uh, offense. It was the highest number. When you look, they only have 33 passing yards. They still are allowing more first downs on the ground than they are through the year. And that's a good testament to what you have in the secondary. That's a very good testament to what you have with Miles Jones returning. But success from Deuce Harmon and Tyreek Chappelle and uh, Leon O'Neal and Damani Richardson and all of these other guys. It's a very good sign for what these teams are. But when you look at what Texas A&M is struggling at right now, it is the run game. You have to admit that that is a problem. It's not that it's not unsolvable. It definitely can be fixed in time to time, but it is a problem. It is something that is a bit of a concern. And when you look right now at how Arkansas is playing, they have the momentum. They have the drive. They have the confidence. They have everything that you want from a team that is sitting at 3-0. and And also, this is the first time both teams will be ranked in this game since 2016. They can move the ball. They can play. They can actually do this. This is not the same old lowly Brett Bielema or Chad Morris teams. This is a unit that knows how to A, win, and number two, move the ball consistently. Those are some concerns that you should have. Those are easily some, some, some concerns you should have. Jimbo Fisher has said it. Jimbo Fisher's come out and said it multiple times. We know what they can do. And they are playing like one of the best teams in the country right now. They can show it. They can easily show it to any single person out there that they are one of the best teams in college football right now. So Texas A&M, they have got to be able to stop the run. I don't know what to expect from KJ Jefferson because again, Duke can let it fly. Guy's got a killer arm. But he hasn't really shown it off. He's only shown it off in a few instances. Couple plays here, couple deep shots there. Georgia Southern really had a good throw. Had a really good throw to the former Florida State receiver, uh, Warren Thompson, I believe his name is. Hit him in stride, exactly what you want. But again, that's Georgia Southern. This is Texas A&M. Whole different ballgame. They may exclusively be trusting the run. And the biggest thing is, right now, can A&M do the same on their side of the football? 
This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever with college football and the NFL in full swing. As always, BetOnline.ag is your number one sports for all things pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site, interface, and even odds, prop bets are at an all-time high. From football to basketball to boxing, UFC, and of course your favorite Vegas games, stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action right now, and you can win up to 100% back your wages when you double down on your initial deposit and sign up at betonline.ag using the promo code NFL100. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way for all your favorite sports because it's your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Betting on college football does not have to be a challenge when you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Mr. Today, picks, blowout specials, wrong team game picks, and Locks of the day when you follow the Lock On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So I kind of mentioned this Texas AM is going to have to be able to stop the run because when you do that, everything kind of flows in a better pattern, everything kind of moves in the right direction. On the flip side, it becomes a problem when you look at what Texas AM is doing offensively. They have struggled actually running the football in the past few weeks. And I know what everyone's going to say, well, didn't they finish with over like 175 yards against New Mexico? They did. Take out two of the big runs. Take out two of those big runs from uh, from Isaiah Spiller. They finished with under, I think, 125 yards on the day. They weren't able to move the ball against a very good Colorado front seven. They had to trust... That Anias, I mean, that Isaiah Spiller was going to get open as a receiving option, not as a running back, to pick up the touchdown. That's what they had to go with. They had to rely on the passing game. And this is a veteran defense. This is a very good veteran defensive front that is featured in Fayetteville. Bumper Pool, Tanner Morgan, Jalen Calaton, uh, one of their pass rushers, I'm blanking on his name. Very good. They have pressured teams. And when you watch that game against Texas... Bijan Robinson is one of the best running backs in the country. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, okay, well, you know, he's not at that same level as what Isaiah Spiller is. Probably not, but at the same time, you're looking at one player trying to make it in the NFL, one just kind of starting out. He's a sophomore. He's still figuring out his, you know, rhythm, his consistency, his footwork, his frame, all of that. That's the difference. That's when what you look at on, on paper and on a film. That's the difference. This offensive line has had troubles, just like Texas has, and Bijan Robinson was held to 3.6 yards per carry. They weren't able to move the ball whatsoever on the ground until these very last two drives when Casey Thompson came in and played quarterback. They weren't able to do jack crap on the ground. And this is something that Texas A&M has to consider. What if the secondary is able to eliminate Demond Demas and Anaya Smith and Chase Lane and all these other guys? More importantly, what happens if Anaya Smith is not able to play? Remember, he's still banged up a little bit. They don't know what his status is for this game. What happens then? These are all legitimate concerns you should have as an Aggie. These are all legitimate concerns that every fan should have. Because if Texas A&M cannot move the ball on the ground, they're going to have to rely on the passing game. And it's not as if Tanner Morgan, Bumper Pool, and Jalen Calaton can't cover. They're pretty damn good at it. In fact, some people think that Jalen Calaton is one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in the SEC and the country. And you don't think that they're going to be out there looking for blood? Especially after last week? Come on. You have to be able to run the ball. Plain and simple. 
At AM, you have two great 1,000 yard runners in Devon A. Chain and Isaiah Spiller. You have a good change of pace runner in Anaya Smith. You also have some really good pieces that we haven't seen yet DeAndre Jackson and Ernest Crownover. You haven't seen them take those next steps. AM has to be able to run the ball because if the secondary blankets all the receivers, Calzada is going to have to trust the run. That means the offensive line is going to have to play at its highest point. And that's a big concern. I know everyone says, oh, well, you know, Alabama, you know, Alabama is the game to watch for. Is it? It honestly may be this one. Because Alabama right now has some weaknesses. I'm not going to deny that, and I don't think you should either. They have some weaknesses. But AM also has some weaknesses. Alabama's one of its strengths right now is the offensive line. And if you don't have good offensive line play, you're not going to last in the SEC. At the end of the day, that's really what this game could come down to. Better offensive line play, which clearly we have seen Arkansas for years be able to play really good in the trenches. Can AM match that same capacity? This is a shot for the offensive line to really step up because it's going to be very telling of what the remainder of the SEC season looks like. And honestly, as good as AM could be, as good as AM looks on paper, they have to be able to play stable offensive line play. And if they can't, soon you're going to see them fall out of the top 10. Then you're going to see them fall out of the top 15. And ultimately, I could see them falling out of the top 25 and not being ranked again until the very end of the season. Offensive line play matters more than anything else out there. And the only way to have a good run game is to have good blocking up front. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. I'll be back tomorrow to break down everything you need to know about the offensive side of the football for Arkansas, who are some of the highest things to watch for, and much, much more. See you then, and remember, take me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.